0: So if I'm going to do ministry, I'm going to do it the way that I feel called to do it. And if I can't do it that way, I don't need to do ministry. That's not what I was interested in doing with my life anyway. I was trying to go the corporate route. So I'll just go back to making money and taking care of my family if I can't do ministry the way that I feel called to. And the churches I was a part of let me know very clearly that you're not going to do that kind of ministry here. So mm. we just had to start something. Create your own space. Yeah. Wow.
1: How does your dad feel?
0: My dad is deceased. He passed away in 2010. Oh, it, I'm sorry. No, it, I, I appreciate that. It's cool. I think about it all the time. My, I think my dad would be so proud. I don't think he would agree with every every position that I take. <laughs> I'm not I'm not so naive to think that. Like my dad was a strong-willed person, but he taught me to think for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think he will be proud that although I've come to different conclusions, I did my work. And I think I would have been able to teach him some things had he still been around, which would just be like, you know, a fraction of what I've gained from him. Alright, we one, two, three, let me step into the moon. Am I the one you see when you get into the mood? I sell them pump them keys while I keep up with the shoes. We got a real nice thing in the pattern of the groove. I can feel it flowing through. I see song
2: so clear when you roll it down your back, As a matter of a fact. Hey y'all. Hey, I'm Mikey.
1: And I'm Randy. And this is the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, where we give you an uncensored look into all we're learning, unlearning, and loving about marriage in real-ish time. Welcome all new and doing veteran listeners, and a special shout out to our A1 Day Ones, mm-hmm. Groot children family and gang gang over on patreon y'all are some real ones and thank you for your continued support and community we love y'all we do and thank you all to all of our listeners for tuning into this episode all right so as y'all know this season's theme
2: is lemonade or if you don't know and you're new to this because you're visiting because you heard we have a special guest
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah our season's theme is lemonade and in this episode we're gonna discuss Deconstructing marriage—we actually talked about a lot of things, so that's not really doing it justice <laughs> with this with this episode. But we are going to discuss talk, a lot of stuff, yeah, about deconstruction with Christian A. Smith, a theologian. Theologian, well, what? What's the right? I felt
2: like theologian sounded better until you just said theologian, and now that sounds more official. We could use Google Translate, but fuck it, we hear. I'm now. gonna
1: say a the- theologian.
2: We from Atlanta. I'm gonna say a theologian. He a theologian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a theologian. Oh, there's
2: another I. You see? Theologian? No. Okay. No, it's no Leave this, by the way. I'm not leaving this. Leave this. This this is a good intro, please. (laughs) please. Okay, well, let me play it.
1: Theologian. Oh! (laughs) Did I say it? You did. I did. Okay.
2: You said it wrong the first time you corrected yourself with the right one. Theologian. Okay. Yeah, you're right. What did I just say? Theologian. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He's going this (laughs) way. A theologian, pastor, content creator, and host of the Holy Smoke, Cigars, and Spirituality podcast. Yes. In our first segment, we're going to interview him. And then, because this is an interview episode, we are going to wrap it up with a PDA segment, but not the fight or flight because we want to always highlight the interview when we do interview episodes. Yeah, and
2: we don't want to beef around guests. You know, it's like you don't fight in front of the company.
1: Right. Uh, where we will share and we'll share something in our PDA, as you know, that we're proud of each other and or express gratitude. You ready, babe? Yeah. All right, y'all. We hope you enjoyed the interview. It was a lot of fun. So backstory y'all Christian reached out to us. He heard our before we argue episode and wanted to chat. Before we get into that, I wanted to properly introduce Christian. Christian A. Smith is a cultural Curator. A cultural curator is one who specializes in gathering and interpreting cultural content. In other words... Connect the dots.
2: He's a dot connector.
1: (laughs) In Connecting the Dots, Christian is a community builder, content creator, the host of Holy Smoke, Cigars, and Spirituality podcast, where he and his counterparts deconstruct harmful theology and build beloved community one cigar at a time. He is also the founder and pastor of the Faith Community, an inclusive virtual community of faith, and the author of Breaking All the Rules, an ancient framework for modern faith. Christian is last but not least married to his beautiful wife, Pamela Merritt. And to that, we say, welcome, Christian.
0: What's going on? What's going on? Thank you all so much for having me on to have this conversation. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for
2: reaching out. Um, Randy opened up shop, what, a couple months ago? And she let it be known, like, hey, if you are interested in even having a conversation with us, reach out. Yeah. Um, Do something personable. So this wasn't like a cold call email situation, which I thought was really nice. Um, You had actually genuinely heard an episode. Yeah you'd be you'd be surprised by some we of the stuff so we get so many
1: emails they're like hi thee. because our email is like the chapman's hi thee. or hi randy or hi paul, paul like they, they like, don't even acknowledge that they're it's, it's weird. so weird it's super weird. Yeah. like i'm not gonna respond to
2: this i don't know you nigga. but yeah no Probably we are really happy quantity. to have i'm sorry
1: Yes, right. yes. So when we get into the actual interview questions, we do have an icebreaker question, um, that we're gonna all answer. And after this, you'll just be the one answering the questions, Christian. Okay. But the I can icebreaker ask y'all no questions.
0: questions. You can some <laughs> you people you <laughs> <it. You can laughs>
1: don't.
0: Nah, I'll just fool it. With Which I might I'm though. I might. We open you, to it.
1: So yeah, okay. So the icebreaker question is when was the first time or the last time you broke an unspoken, spoken rule in your family. And then after you, we'll have Mikey go. And then I'll answer last.
0: I think about the unspoken rule that a lot of our families have, which is like family first, family over everything. Yeah, And I don't think that's bad on the surface. But I think the way that we implement that can be very harmful because then we'll subject ourselves to unhealthy people that actually decrease the quality of our lives because they're family. You're Mm. preaching. You're preaching. So already, this (laughs) ain't take you long, (laughs) y'all. So so that was one of those rules where I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what level of relationship that we have. I don't care how strong our biological connection is. If holding on to you is hurting me, I'm going to let you go. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to stop you from living your life in a way that is meaningful to you. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to participate in it. That's all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of those rules that, especially in black families, it's very difficult for people to untether themselves from. Cause it's like, but that's the family. We got to do it because it's the family. Oh, you is the family. I was <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> if they unhealthy, yeah. like, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's one that I've had to push back against. And that's probably the one I pushed back against most recently.
1: I know I'm going a little off script, but my question is, how did you was that easy for you? Did that just come naturally? Because I find as a daughter and as a girl in the family, that pressure to um, acquiesce is like it's harder. And I find that, in my opinion, it seems to be easier for the guys. But I just I'm interested in knowing if that was the case for you.
0: I think it very well could be easier for the guys. I can't say that for certain. I know for me, my temperament plays a lot into it. And my temper, my temperament isn't gender specific.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yeah.
0: That part of it. But definitely, you know, the way. Men and women are treated in black families is obviously different. And I mean, of course, black people are not a monolith. I'm just talking generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So I think that could definitely play a part in it. But what has had a major impact for me is continuing to deepen my love for myself. As I deepen my love for myself, I understand the importance of the boundaries that I set and how I maintain them. So it's easier for me now because I love myself more.
2: Now don't we like five minutes in. Why are you crying? <laughs> just take a, a My heart. It's okay. So you, Christian, you just happen to be popping up into our lives at a time where we're in the middle of, you know, transition. We're in a transitional period. We always are. Yeah. Um, same. And a lot of what you're speaking to are lessons that I guess we didn't really...
1: We're just now learning.
2: Start learning until adulthood. inspired
1: by our children.
2: Yeah. Kids will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, Mike. So how about you? When was the last or first time you broke an unspoken spoken rule?
2: So it's I don't know if this is common in family in black families, but I know that in the West Indian community, it is very common um, saying no of parents is a form of disrespect yes um it doesn't matter what you say no to uh any request that is not met with an immediate yes ma'am yes sir something along those lines How is <laughs> <laughs> mm. is, um, is disrespect and i just remember uh maybe it was a, a couple of months ago i had said no to something that i normally would have said yes to and i think you like started slow clapping <laughs> um, what
1: was it? Did I don't, you say? I, I
2: don't remember. I think it was like somebody, somebody asked me to do something. I just couldn't. Yeah. Um. Oh, and okay. Normally, even if I can't, I don't have the capacity. I'm still going to say yes. Um. And then I find a way to make it work. And in doing this, yeah. I'm putting myself out there. If I accomplish it, great. Another task will be assigned to me. If I don't, <laughs> right. there's shame. I failed. Um. I didn't do this thing. I let this person down. I didn't have the capacity to do it anyway. I should have just said no. That's usually the path that I'll take, um but I've gotten into the space now where like I'm comfortable with saying no, like it's not disrespect, it's just i I can't right now, yeah. um, and that doesn't mean that I love you any less or that I care about this family or helping you out, but if I can, I can't, and that has just never been that's not a thing at all, yeah, um, yeah, it was me.
1: Mm, okay, mine is I am notorious for. Okay, so we all have that. I think a lot of us across the diaspora have that. What happens in this house stays in this Absolutely. house. Absolutely, something like it. Um, I break that rule consistently and constantly. <laughs> I am notorious for doing that ever since I was a kid. And
2: yes, you are a habitual line stepper.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a habitual truth teller. Um, and that has gotten me in. Lots of shit. Um, yeah. But I just can't. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I mean, at one point I did. I, I was um, talked out of or, you know, beat down out of, pressured out of telling the truth. Uh, but one day my sister told me, she told me this a few months ago. She was like, Randy, you remember when I was kids? She was like, I used to really look up to you. She was saying it. I think like, because I I would always tell an adult when they were full of shit. Like I was just confused and I made it known that I was confused. And she thought that was so that was so impactful to her and I never knew that um, that that was the case and quite honestly some of the um, examples she gave I couldn't remember because I had like repressed it so much over the years but I'm tapping back into that and I yeah so I I I was told
2: in my youth that that was called ODD I have ODD what is that oppositional defiance disorder what maybe that's
1: a different episode where they diagnose black children (laughs) with things um because
2: yeah i had a problem with um men um and uh what's the word authority figures yeah authority figures had a problem with it um but continue yeah i was just
1: saying like i i would tell if there was sexual assault going on in the family i would tell if my dad was drinking too much i would tell like i I remember one point he came to pick us up from school and like the day before he was like stupid drunk and i knew he was still and I refused to get in the car. I was like, no, actually, I'm tired. I'm not doing this. And it was a whole thing. Like, uh, we were in Mr. Wallace's room. I, it was just our teacher that me and Mike both had. But I just refused to go. I was like, I'm not going. Bree, you're not going. Ain't nobody going in this car. Somebody else going to have to pick me up. And it was a whole
0: thing. <laughs> How old were you? <laughs> How old were we? 15?
1: 16? Okay. <laughs> what grade was this? This was ninth grade, 10th grade. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm tired. I'm tired. And um they called my mom. My mom couldn't give me. I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, I can't remember if I eventually did do. I think somebody else had to drive. But I was like, no, I was just stay here and rot because I was just so, <laughs> <laughs> so sick of it. But um, but um yeah. that were is. Were you
2: beat that night out of curiosity? That's, no, okay. because
1: at this point they were divorced and he was not allowed to whoop us. Um And it wasn't like I was saying anything wrong. Like mm-hmm. you are being unsafe and I'm tired of being afraid. That's fair. In cars, but yeah, um, me and my dad are okay now. But
2: <laughs> love you, Randy.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so yeah that that is mine. That was funny. Okay, so Christian, first interview question. So when you reached out to us, you mentioned a lo- that a lot of the work you and your wife do is deconstructing how theology teaches us to resolve marital issues so to start what does that mean and what does theology teach us in your opinion and how do you deconstruct that in your own marriage and think that like people should
0: yeah that's a loaded question right we could probably do oh she got him we could do a whole series on that question right there so i'll do my best to condense it because i don't want to just start rambling uh but when it comes to like the way popular Christian theology frames marriage and I say that Mm -hmm. because when I got on social media and started doing content creation I noticed that the stuff that I was saying people didn't believe that I was a pastor like I actually had to start putting in my videos oh hey I'm a pastor right because people would hear me talk And they would assume I'm speaking some foreign language or I'm creating some new religion. And I'm telling them, like, nah, like I got to this place through my lived experiences and my encounter with the story of Jesus. And that's different from popular Christian theology. So. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking about how we have to deconstruct, I'm talking about deconstructing popular Christian theology in our context, which is, uh, white evangelical fundamentalism. That's what I'm talking about. The, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the theology in many of our black churches. Is just a carryover from white evangelical fundamentalism. I tell folk all the time, I grew up in a national Baptist church, which is basically Southern Baptist light, right? <laughs> light. National Baptist is just Southern Baptist without the overt anti-blackness. Yeah. Everything else is the same. So when it comes to how we teach marital relationships in those spaces or how we navigate them, everything is rooted in patriarchy. From from the word go, everything is rooted in patriarchy, the supremacy of men, the subservience of women. It's reinforced across every line. All the stories that we tell it's reinforced in our identification with God as a man. It's reinforced in how we look at the creation myths in Genesis. Like a lot of people in the pew don't know there are two creation stories in Genesis. Genesis one is. Is a creation story, and Genesis 2 is another creation story that were brought together when the canon was put together. Mm-hmm. So the first creation story in Genesis 1 says that male and female were created at the same time, but we always lean on the narrative in the second story. The male was created first, and then the woman was pulled from the rib because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be a helpmeet. Yeah. Right. So all of our teaching in the traditional church context about marriage is rooted in patriarchy. So yeah. that's what we got to start right there. If we're going to rethink or reimagine our understanding of marital relationships, we, we have to unpack the patriarchy and how that influences how we see each other because that also that also assesses everything across gender lines and romantic relationships are not limited to gender lines. I, I, mm-hmm. I lead a inclusive digital community of faith. You sure you're a pastor? <laughs> see, you see what I'm cute. saying? <laughs> not Cause I'm like, I'm listening
2: and I'm looking him in his eyes. Right? <laughs> For anybody listening to this, he's being serious. Like this entire time he's been talking, it hasn't, there's no lying in his eyes right now, um, which is not the normal energy that one would receive from a pastor again i've I've been traumatized i get it
0: i totally get it like i trigger people daily
2: (laughs) (laughs) one of the last times we actually were in a physical church this was um early in our marriage Mm -hmm. what did he say that set you off
1: he said that even monkeys know not to have sex with their same like gender or something like that. Like, and I was like, first of all, I took anthropology one hundred and one when I was in high school so at Georgia stupid. State. And bonobo apes are notoriously
2: son. all right that's so it was, <laughs> because on up until that point, this church had <laughs> had had said, you know, we're super inclusive.
1: Come join they had us. everybody's they had, um, flag they had
2: montel jordan sang
1: he was the choir Arch- like he was a choir
2: that was the draw all right um really big church <laughs> it seemed good diverse crowd and then he said that and everybody was like yeah
0: and i so never
1: like, went back i said that's it
0: yeah that's it
1: i'm done i was like i'm done that's it
0: all right okay. there's a quick hack on how you can avoid that For people who are still looking for a community of faith, because a lot of people are not looking and I'm not trying to tell people you need to be looking. But for those who are looking, one way you can determine if you're theologically safe in that space is go to the website and read Mm. what we believe Almost every church is going to have a website with an about us tab or what we believe tab. And what you're going to find is on that particular tab of the website, most churches have the exact same copy, the exact same rhetoric, the exact yeah. same belief system. It's rooted in the inerrancy and infallibility of the Bible. It's rooted in patriarchy. It's rooted in heaven and hell. So, regardless of how they present on the outside, if the theology undergirding their ministry is still white evangelical fundamentalism, then all you got is white evangelical fundamentalism in skinny jeans. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you got white evangelical fundamentalism with a good song because Montel Jordan is singing it. But it's the same old shit. Yeah, it is. It's the same old shit. Read the, read the website. Was. Read the website. I'm telling you. because I, have I never, am literally
2: reading it right now I, after you just said that. I've never been to a church's website. And that could have saved us.
0: I've literally
1: never been to a church They
2: life. have a section that says, what about gender, sexuality, and marriage? Oh, no. Yes. We all wrestle with fleshly desires. Yes. However, <laughs> that's,
1: this could have saved them. Christian, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you, Christian. We, no, you were saying that your community, you make sure it's very inclusive yeah. because of the patriarchy that is inherent in the way the Bible has been interpreted.
0: Right, right.
1: And taught to us.
0: So I work with people in relationships all the time that don't fit into the gender binary that popular Christianity imposes on us. So I have same gender loving relationships and I have polyamorous uh, relationships that, that people are in and are in our community. And when you start to engage people who are in queer relationships, meaning not fitting in the binary,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You quickly discover that a lot of the issues that we have are just about interpersonal relationships that humans have with each other, regardless Mm -hmm. of their gender. Right. So my, my wife and I had a conversation with a couple in our ministry just last week. And it was the same gender loving couple, two guys, and they were having some challenges in their communication with each other and come to find out their communication dynamics are just like me and my wife. Mm-hmm. One of them is very concrete, the other one is very abstract and they bump heads <laughs> all the time. It's not about gender, yeah, right? So we have to yeah. really drill down to who we are as human beings and our, how our life experiences shape us and and navigate our spirituality in the context of our marriage or our relationships in that way.
1: <laughs> a word.
2: You look like you have thoughts.
1: I I'm just I'm processing. Okay. Um this conversation. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Um
1: yeah. Mike, your question, sorry, was next.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh question that I had for you. So, we've now been talking to you uh when we again read through your first introductory email, it was like, "All right. we got to talk to a pastor." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I could do that. I guess I could have a conversation." It'll probably be weird. I have to push through it. Right. And then at some point along the line Randy said that um cigars was in the title of uh, your I show. Got, yeah. And I love cigars. I was cigars. like, oh my god. Right. Okay. Um uh, so my question was simply where do cigars come into play and how does this actually tie into your work of deconstructing, all right?
0: Um and do you smoke cigars with your wife? So I answer the last question first. Yes, I smoke cigars with my wife. I I introduced her to cigars. She's not into them Same. the way that I am. But every now and then she'll go with me, and we'll sit at the cigar lounge and we'll smoke one. Um, cigars are a personal passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into cigars to make it a ministry, um, but I just okay. you know, I just started smoking them as a pastime. Cigars help me to relax. They kind of mm-hmm. mellow me out, and I'm oh yeah, I'm, I know that feeling. You know, I'm constantly going like my brain doesn't stop, so like cigars and cannabis are my friends because mm-hmm. they both help me to slow down Yeah, <laughs> so- who is this man
1: <laughs> i'm about to start muting my-
0: <laughs> i swear i love your banter i swear <laughs> the way the two of y'all interact with each other is so funny i just funny. be having questions bro um
2: no all right so that makes sense that makes sense. Oh, so for our listeners or anybody who's listening right now, I know that uh, the people who obviously listen to your show are fully aware or possibly aware of the feeling that you get from cigars. And I and Randy, we've talked about this in the past. Um, there is such a thing as a, uh, it's referred to as a cigar high, right? There is mm-hmm. a calm that comes over you. And I think one of the first times I discovered that after smoking a cigar, I ended up going down this path Yeah, where like, that is a personal passion of mine as well. Um, yeah love them and then when randy had hers for the first time uh
1: on his 30th birthday i was like yeah we were this in is cabin. what you've been doing outside this whole time this whole time it was great. Was yeah would like, be like you want to come smoke a cigar I was like no nah, i'm good
2: now she just sound like crackhead <laughs> <laughs> can we get some cigars when we go to the park can we get some cigars when we stop to pump gas like now you just want to incorporate them in everyday life <laughs> um but no that's cool that's cool um Right, so that was the that was the second part. What about the first so, part? So
0: the first part the the way cigars became associated with ministry for me is when we started the faith community. Like that's the the name of our digital church, the faith community. Mm-hmm. I knew that our ministry was very disruptive. Like the way that you two are responding to me right now is how people mm-hmm. have been responding to me for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I realized that if I want to reach the people that I feel called to serve, I'm going to have to figure out how to repackage what I do so that people don't associate it with church Yeah, Yeah. because I'm a church kid and I believe this can be the work of the church. I truly believe that in my heart, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the people that I'm called to are not going to come to the church to get it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, We repackaged a lot of what we were doing in the church space and went to a cigar lounge because I already like cigars. Cigars lend themselves to great conversations. So we started Mm -hmm. this ministry called Holy Smoke Cigars and Spirituality, where we invited some people to come out to Highland Cigar Lounge in Atlanta one Tuesday a month at four o'clock in the afternoon. Now I'm thinking. Wow. Four o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Ain't nobody coming to this. You know what I'm saying? But we just want to see what happens. And, um, (laughs) you know, before you knew it, we were taking up like a whole section, like almost half of the lounge for people coming out. And then people were visiting and saying, yo, you got to put this on the Internet. Like Mm -hmm. people need to hear these conversations. You got to put this on the internet. The problem with that was there are so many people who were there anonymously. They didn't want people outside of this space to know they were there because it's like a, it's like taboo for us to be talking like this. I don't want, Mm -hmm. I don't want my church to find out. I don't want my family to find out that I'm asking all of these questions. So I just picked a few people who I knew would be bold enough to have these conversations on the internet and, mm-hmm. and we started a podcast. So Holy Smoke, Cigars and Spirituality became a whole podcast community that has really been the number one draw to my church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so people get hip to the, to the podcast community and then they find out, Oh, this is connected to like a whole digital community of faith. And mm-hmm. there are other gatherings that happen here. So not only is it this cigar group where cigars are optional, we require mm-hmm. curiosity at Holy Most. We don't require cigars. Mm-hmm. But even beyond that, oh, they got this they got this group over here where they talk about sex because we don't do mm-hmm. traditional sexual ethics. So mm-hmm. we talk about what do disruptive sexual ethics look like? Like that group is the the adult side of the ministry. You we talking reckless <laughs> over there. <laughs>
1: From grownups only. <laughs> yeah,
0: we got a movie group. We got mm-hmm. a music group. We we got a group just for LGBTQ plus people. We got a book club. We got all of these different things that people can do in digital community. But holy smokes, is what draws them because it's like cigars and spirituality. I need to see what this is about. And yeah, then, and
2: I could then. imagine that those conversations would be nice,
0: interesting, mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah, hey, absolutely. We have fun. We talk about some of everything.
1: That's literally, I was like, yep, this is, this is, I'm about to email him back. <laughs> you had already got me when you called us by our names. But you see
2: what little it takes?
1: It really <laughs> does. Real. That's like people, <laughs> you don't got really me. I've had people, okay, we're not, I'm going to let it go. Fine, let it go. <laughs> but then, I heard the actual episode. I was like, okay, he actually heard the episode. And then, the podcast name. I was like, I got to, I got to, I got to. So um, I
2: appreciate it. Is, it. is it okay if I add a little extra? Yeah, yeah. Um, So we did mention before that one of the things that I guess brought you to us or brought us to your attention um, was the before we argue episode. Just really quickly, what was it that I guess stood out from that episode that made
0: you even want to have this conversation? So I'm going to tell you what drew me to you two in general. Okay, that'll work. The banter. I love the banter. I love how you two play off of each other. And it's organic. Like you can tell when somebody acting.
1: Like, oh, yes. like, oh that's scripted. Weird.
0: like But I can tell, oh no, he just said that and she just said that in the moment. Like that wasn't scripted. Yeah. That's how they interact with each other. So that's one thing that drew me. And then just hearing you two talk about marriage and romantic relationships in these open-minded ways. I listen to people who are open-minded, right? Because yeah. yeah I don't need... Somebody who's super credentialed, if they're not open minded, Uh, because I I cannot stand. Yeah, um, the great one of the greatest fortune cookies I've ever seen said, um, "The objective of a good education is to replace an empty mind with an open mind."
1: That is a good fortune cookie, Hmm.
0: right? Always get bullshit in my fortune cookie. Where you get that at? I I didn't even see it. Somebody told me about it. I was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) Like a friend of mine was like. This is what I got in my fortune cookie. I was like, "Oh, well, that's my fortune now." Thank you for sharing. That's a
1: collective message. That's what we, we call. We going save
0: that one for the end of this. Yeah, um, Let me write that down.
1: Collective message.
2: Yeah, that's that what, fortune cookie. Oh, okay. And we keep okay. that. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. Okay. You had the next question.
1: Well, you talked. Um, you've talked about this a lot, so I almost kind of don't want to answer it. But I guess, or oh, maybe we can we can um kind of turn it. So, the original question was, like, okay, uh, you, when I think about the black church and all the trauma, conformity, purity, culture, violence, um, at the center of those experiences are black pastors and their first ladies, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's a, it's a, it is, mm-hmm. it's a complicit, it's a, you know, it's a thing. Um, I don't know why Mikey's laughing at me. Because
2: the first lady always catches stray. It's not a straight. this question. It's not a stray. Oh, it's direct. Sorry. Yes. Got it. It's a direct shot.
1: I'm Amy. Yes. I, I. I am being specific. Okay, my communication. Okay, but in looking through your work, you're clearly devoted to deconstruction and inclusivity, which we have talked a lot about. Um, and I'd ask, like, but what makes you trustworthy? And, but I'm starting to understand what makes you trustworthy. Um, and so, <laughs> um,
0: It's been cleared up. This, so you, you just answered the question, to be perfectly honest, right? Yeah. Like, the answer to the question is, I can't explain my ministry. You got to experience it. Mm. Yeah, I have tried for years to explain to people, look, this is how my ministry functions. This is what it's like. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not like anything you've ever experienced before. And they'd be like, whatever, because like y'all, they've been in these situations where they went into these spaces where they thought they were safe. Mm -hmm. And then they got blindsided with some theological bullshit out of nowhere. And it was like, what the hell? So it's like, you're all the same. You're all the same.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I
0: don't trust any of it anymore. Cause I've heard people tell me we're different. I've Mm -hmm. I've heard people like, that's how people are looking at me. I've heard churches say we're different. All of y'all say Mm -hmm. y'all different, but all of y'all are the same. So I just tell people like, you just got to experience it. The best explanation I've come up with so far is that like my church is like Afro punk, but for church. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of,
1: so I hearing about your work has made me remember when I was a kid, I went to church with my grandmother and this couple at the time I had to be like nine, 10. I, I wasn't aware of like what was happening while the church was being really weird. But this uh, lesbian couple walked in and sat down. One was like. Dressed in, like, the typical, like, stud wear. Again, at this time, I'm a child. And then the other, you know, she was dressed the way that women are expected to dress in culture. And I thought they were real nice, you know. And it was just weird. And I could not understand why it was weird. And then the pastor did the thing that many black male pastors do. They start doing the scripture thing. And then they'll say, you know, God says, come as you are.
2: But. No, but
1: like, repent. I can't even explain what it was. <laughs> but don't stay as you But are. I was like, yeah, I, something. Yeah. And I was just like, what is he talking about? Yeah. And they looked so uncomfortable. And as a kid, again, I have no clue what is going on. Um, I didn't know they were in a relationship. I didn't know anything. And it wasn't until we left, you know, the grown-ups at the church gossip, started like talking about this couple that came in. And I can't believe they came in. And I was like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, you could tell they look so skittish and like nervous and But obviously, showed up for a reason, Um, and it it like that broke my heart. Once I realized like what was happening around me, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." And so, I just really appreciate that that your space is is not like that. Obviously, Um, yeah. And my question instead would be, what made you this type of pastor? Like something had to sure click. What's so special about Hero Bread? Soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas.
0: Changed a lot for me Mm. because I was raised National Baptist. But even my dad was like a rebel within his context. So like National Baptists, a lot of them still don't believe in women preachers to this day. Twenty twenty three. Don't believe that women should be able to preach and pastor. My dad was licensing women to preach in the 80s. Wow. I, I grew up in the in a church. When I was in Oakland, I spent the first half of my childhood in Oakland, the second half in San Diego. And my church was my church was on the block in Oakland, like the the trans sex workers worked the corner right across the street. Mm -hmm. Right. But my dad was friends with them, even though theologically he didn't affirm them. He didn't talk about the theology with me. He just showed me how he treated them. Mm-hmm. So even though theologically I didn't affirm people that were in the LGBTQ plus community, it was modeled for me to treat everybody with respect. Mm-hmm. So when I went to seminary and started to really unpack a lot of what I was taught and when I was invited to start questioning my answers, I began to really Unlearn a lot of the theology that I was taught because it was rooted in control. It was rooted in manipulation. It was rooted in anxiety, right? Creating anxiety, creating codependent relationships. So I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do that, right? Because now that I know how toxic that is, I don't want to do that anymore. So. If I'm going to do ministry, I'm going to do it the way that I feel called to do it. And if I can't do it that way, I don't need to do ministry. That's not what I was interested in doing with my life anyway. I was trying to go the corporate route. So I'll just go back to making money and taking care of my family if I can't do ministry the way that I feel called to. And the churches I was a part of let me know very clearly that you're not going to do that kind of ministry here. So mm. we just had to start something. Create your own space. Yeah. Wow.
1: How does your dad feel?
0: My dad is deceased. He passed away in 2010. Uh, he, I'm sorry. No, it, I, I appreciate that. It's cool. I think about it all the time. My, I think my dad would be so proud. I don't think he would agree with every every position that I take. <laughs> I'm not I'm not so naive to think that like my dad was a strong willed person, but he taught me to think for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think he will be proud that although I've come to different conclusions, I did my work. And I think I would have been able to teach him some things had he still been around, which would just be like, you know, a fraction of what I've gained from him. Like I, yeah, like my whole, my whole personality is my dad. Like I owe him for yeah. all of that. So I think we have a really interesting relationship because I, I definitely come to different conclusions than him, but he was always open-minded. So it would have been interesting.
1: Wow. That's, That's
2: beautiful. You know, I, I kind of see why there was a draw here. Um, being that you, I don't know, you looked at certain spaces and you realized that, what you felt, what you believed didn't really work with what was yeah. um, is really similar to how we operate. Mm-hmm. Um, we loved what marriage could be. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we hadn't really seen it modeled in a way that we thought would fit us. And so all we do in you know, our tagline is we talk about what we're learning, unlearning and loving yeah. about marriage. And it's a lot of unlearning. A lot. <laughs> right? It's a lot of unlearning while figuring things out. But we created this podcast in that same way, just because we wanted to, you know, do it and a different together. way and stay together. But no, that's what's up. That's what's up. Randy, your your um your example that you gave before, as far as like the thing that the memory that you remember. Mm-hmm. Um and even his um Christian's memory that he remembers is very similar to what I hear with a lot of people. We have family members, friends, podcast listeners that have expressed like the reason why they just don't feel comfortable approaching religious spaces because they just don't feel welcome. They just don't, yeah. they love God and they want to reconnect with God. Cause at some point they were, um, but then something pushed them away. And even though they try to find their way back, they just never, they never quite find that thing or that space that makes them feel welcome. And so they pray at home and as close as they feel to God, maybe when they're saying grace at night, something like that. But yeah. I don't know. I think that hopefully hearing that something like this exists, um, <laughs> will encourage people to like continue to seek those spaces
0: because it sound good. You got to experience it, you know, like, and that's why our ministry being digital is really helpful because mm-hmm. you can engage it with complete anonymity if you want to. Hmm. Right. Because so much happens yeah. in our community that people, people get an education in our community. They mm-hmm. get education, empowerment, entertainment, all of the above enlightenment. That's what we do in our digital community. So some people, they don't say anything because they're just soaking it all in. And then at a certain point, a lot of times they come around and say, okay, I've been watching y'all for the past year. I've been watching Mm -hmm. y'all for the past two years. I think I'm ready to make myself known to you. And when people are ready to make themselves known, then we get to we get to know them. But we allow everybody to engage at their own level of comfort. Which is a lot different from what most people are accustomed to because they feel like
1: right and be like
0: we were forced to first, do everything.
1: First, uh, first time visitors, please stand, stand up. Please come. Want to make sure that we see you even yeah. and grab a If packet. somebody always knows that you're new because somebody's always about at you? church, <laughs>
0: you might want to. Yeah, you know, you like, need to stand just,
1: up, right? Or ties. I just got here. Yeah. I don't want to give you no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know you. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're out you of morning. town. And you want 10% of my income? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm on vacation.
1: What? I saw this envelope. I'm going to just touch the basket.
0: Mm-hmm. and I'm going <laughs> to
1: I'm gonna put some good intentions on Jesus know it.
2: my heart. That's where all that shit comes from. <laughs> the Lord know me.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you, Christian. Okay. So this is actually, Mike, your question actually segues us into our final one. Hell yeah. Um, unless Christian has something to say to us. But when me and Mike were talking about this last question, because I was like, I'm really trying to And on a marriage note. Mm -hmm. And we have discovered that our marriage has affected and impacted our faith. Like we are not the same people in our faith as we were when we first got married. We were very doe-eyed and naive. Mm -hmm.
2: I wouldn't say doe-eyed and naive.
1: (laughs) I was. I thought that being good meant that I was good. Uh, You know, and that is not the case. I'm one of those
2: people that really felt like, not like I'm good. Like I'm very much highly favored. Like I'm straight. No matter what happens, I like I walk around with like this armor spiritually. And then, and then
1: we had a kid, then we miscarried, and then we had Droopy, then we had Noble, and we lost them. It was just like you know what, God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to be really we our relationship
2: is toxic. We got to talk about. We this. have yeah. to
1: we have to put our cards on the table. And I actually feel way way more connected um, to God, way more yes. honest, yeah. a lot more integrity because it's like I'm not doing this, you know, for a reward that I'm not doing this to hope my children stay. Like, you know, like I just, so like in our marriage and how like our faith has changed. Cause Mm -hmm. like when we first got married, I didn't have an ancestral altar. Mm -hmm. Now I do, you know, Mm -hmm. and like when when we first got married, I wasn't smudging and now I am. We first got married. We weren't like actively like praying out loud with each other for each other.
2: Except Um, grace. And whenever we do road trips. Right. And so like now that's completely different. Yeah
1: we weren't taking spiritual baths and now drew was like mom can i get a green bath and she's four so i'm like you if you feel like you need a bath girl i'm gonna give you one right. because clearly you know something about yourself that i don't but yeah so like that has changed so much um our practices and how we talk to god how we talk about god and so I so wondered, much
2: so that our daughter also often asks can you tell me about jesus Like <laughs> she wow. talk about,
1: she's, <laughs> she's talking about jesus we have to explain to her that there are a lot of languages there are a lot of religions people consider Jesus to be different in each religion and so we really don't want her to think got to break that this down like in this culture you know in this religion they believe Jesus was like a student you know <laughs> this one he was he is you know I love that. the messiah and like and so like trying to explain that to a 4 year old who is on YouTube kids watching easter things about Jesus it's like And she don't understand. We don't want her to watch it. (laughs) Like, girl, you, you can watch anything else, but you gotta, you gotta get our permission to watch something about Jesus.
2: And it also shines a light on like (laughs) me, like what I know, didn't know what I was exposed to. I was one of them kids that was forced to go to church, but I'd fall asleep. Um, I wouldn't be super engaged. I was flirting with girls during Bible study. I was, I was in the building. What? Them was the ones.
1: Not Bible study. Those are the ones.
2: No parental supervision. Anyway, uh, like this was this was my mind. This was what was going on. So I would hear the stories, but even earlier, as you were explaining the two um, stories of Genesis, I was like, "What you talking about?" Oh, I know that one. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh wait, no, I do remember hearing that one passively, right?" But that's not what people talk about, like things like that. Like her bringing our attention to this just reminded me, you know, like I need to continue to actually think about these, um, engage in this, and. Like she explore, could grow up explore. to be a
1: devout Christian, she could, which would I be
2: super sad.
1: But I don't I wouldn't tell her that. Okay? <laughs> no, okay, let me stop. Christian, please tell us how your marriage has affected your faith, um, and your opinion.
0: In very significant ways. Um, and that's because my wife is also very spiritual and she has a background in another, a totally different faith tradition. So mm-hmm. she, I was going to ask, Yeah, she grew up church of God, holiness. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, holiness is in the name, you know, yeah, we've got a couple of those on each side. They yeah. different. It's some extreme rule keeping, right? your mm-hmm. your uh, much of your, much of your faith is, predicated on the amount of rules that you can keep and in every faith tradition Mm -hmm. has different sets of rules right so in holiness churches you got the most restrictive rules generally speaking
1: it's like cultish or could be considered that
0: yeah it's uh, yes (laughs) people you know when I do interviews (laughs) people always ask me about cults and I'm probably gonna have to like do some expounding on Yeah. yeah cause like Break that down. The cults operate at different levels, right? So some cults are much more restrictive than others, Um, but for all intents and purposes, the major world religions are like wildly successful cults. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So it's it's like there are different levels to it, though. Like they don't all restrict you in the same way, Uh, but I, I don't think. Spirituality is meant to restrict us. I think it's meant to open Mm -hmm. us up and liberate us. Yep. So I don't want to practice any type of faith that restricts me from seeing the world, that restricts me from seeing the divinity and people around me. And my wife is the same way. So when I went to seminary, that was like the year we got married. The year I went to seminary is the year we got married. So our relationship our marital relationship started with my theological evolution, which was very interesting because she was already there. She just didn't mm-hmm. have the language for it. Yeah. So I got an education and learned some language and then developed some more language to contextualize it. And yeah. she and I would have these conversations like weekly like multiple times mm-hmm. a week about stuff that I was learning and unlearning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she is a therapist. So mm-hmm. she would bring the emotional health component to the conversation. Bridge the gap. So I learned yeah. a lot about, you know, uh, emotional health and mental health and how that ties in with our spiritual health by being yep. married to her. And then it just turned into this whole thing where it's just like, okay, we need to just put this stuff out there in the world. So Mm-hmm. My wife has a has a, a support group called Therapy and Theology, where she helps people to unpack religious trauma. Right. Send that link. <laughs> yeah. Therapy, a therapy, the letter and theology dot com therapy, the letter and theology dot com. So like my marriage to her has been pivotal in bringing together our emotional health and our spiritual health. So we've been able to bounce off of each other, which has made Mm -hmm. us may it's really made our ministry somewhat of a standard in certain spaces as it as it pertains to having trauma informed ministry. And we didn't even realize it until people started coming to us, asking us about how we do trauma informed ministry. And it was like, oh, yeah we do that, don't we? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, y'all do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, So, it hasn't had a wow. major impact. So, like, because of my marriage with her, like, I don't believe you can be spiritually healthy and be emotionally unhealthy. I th- I think
2: they work yeah. hand in hand. I would agree. <laughs> That's why your skin look like that. I need a drink. See, I've been trying to figure <laughs> out why your skin looks so clear. I need it's because so your karma is good. Like, yo, yo, your image like, come <clears throat> The situation you just described, right? Like my wife do this, I do this. We actually, you know what? We kinda straight together. Like this is like a, that's why his skin looks like. <laughs> Y'all can't see this man's skin. But it's clear. He's drinking water. Word. Like this man hydrated as fuck. Y'all see like try to anyway. drink my water. Right. And mind my business.
1: Listen. Wow. That is that is that was great.
2: Thank That's you great. so much, Christian. We absolutely appreciate it. Do you it. have
1: any questions for us, and yeah. and if and if not, or if so, please also plug like all your things. I will include them in the show notes. Anything I mentioned in your bio, I will include um as well. Yeah. But, like where people can find you, all the things.
0: Yeah. So on social media is the Christianasmith.com. It's K R I S T I A N A Smith, the Christian A. Smith. Uh, that's my handle on TikTok and Instagram, where I do most mm-hmm. of my content creation. And then if you want to connect with the podcast or the digital communities that I lead, just go to holy smokes movement.com. Like you can find the podcast there. You can find the Patreon community. You can find, uh, the link to get my book called Breaking All the Rules, all types of stuff. holy smokes movement.com. We'll plug you in and you can connect with us digitally. People ask me all the time. Like, do you have something in my city? Like, yeah, it's on your phone. <laughs> it's on your phone, right? Like, we'll we'll do something in, in person in different places in the future. But for right now, we're building digital community. And um, much of what we do beyond that will be an outgrowth of what we're doing in the digital space.
2: I think it's hilarious how these names just fell in your lap. Like maybe they didn't, but like Holy Smokes is just a genius name.
0: So that was actually the inspiration from another pastor. I was in Philadelphia having a cigar with another pastor. And this was years ago. He said, man, I want to have a man's ministry. I want to call that thing. Holy Smokes. I said, my G, I am going to use that. And and when, when I started the ministry, I hit him up. I was like, yo, I'm about to do this. What's up? You want to get down with it? You want to do it? And he was like, nah, man, go ahead. yeah he was meant to say that out loud
1: yes yes man that's wonderful thank you christian thank
2: you so much man that was a good talk
1: it was yeah we just kept him on I know, he's like,
2: these niggas crazy. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that we had only had a scheduled block for like an hour, maybe. <laughs>
1: we were talking for like that an hour, 15. Well yeah, yeah, it was good it was, good. it was good. We hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it was really good. And he, I mean, y'all heard the episode. We were constantly surprised and in awe of how humane and wonderful his work is yeah
2: absolutely it's interesting looking at somebody's face and you can tell they're not really lying yeah (laughs) which is like rare yeah um but we enjoyed that and um, christian uh he's gonna hear this um still need to link up about that cigar yeah um you need to just probably put this on the radar too if you enjoy that episode we are very much gonna likely meet up and smoke a cigar somewhere all right Um, about to join him in his space we're gonna meet up at a lounge do something but I enjoy that. Yeah, it was really a okay. conversation.
1: All right, babe. PDA.
2: PDA. So, um, a lot of positive things happened this week. Okay. Um, I guess if I had to highlight one thing.
1: What are you laughing about?
2: I don't know. I could take it in a couple of directions. Are but
1: you going to? Okay, no. No, okay. What, no. What? no, what? No. Say it. I don't know. Say it. I really don't know Am what I the gonna hell. Am I going to? Mikey, what is your PDA?
2: You know what? No, I'm going to go with um, something recent. And...
1: Do you need time?
2: No, because there's a couple of things. All right, so I'm just gonna go with something that's really recent, right? Randy's been doing like a lot of little things to make me feel seen, all right? I'm gonna mention two of them. Okay. One, I have been having a hard time with work. Um, work Work-life balance isn't really something that I used to, I've been struggling with really since the pandemic because shit's been all over the place. Everybody just accepts like it's a mess. Yeah, family's gonna be on your Zoom call. You gotta leave work early for emergencies at home it's like a thing that happens Mm -hmm. um but i have been really stressed with some things that i've been having to like do on a deadline and you came to me and you told me that like you understood you were like look when i am struggling or stressed over something at work you just tell me okay like you tell me it's gonna be okay or something to that effect you're
1: really kind yes and patient
2: and i was like and i had
1: not been very kind or patient because i was like but what about me? And then I was driving and I was like, oh, wait, you got to grow up. And like now it's Mikey's turn to like be stressed about work and Because I don't deadlines. normally do these things. And he but needs like, to like, he needs grace and patience. And so I came to you and I apologized. And
2: I really appreciate it. I'm still, I'm still new-ish in my role. I'm approaching like my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got like, I got work trauma. I, I do from old jobs, you know, and. I don't want to lose my job um, is like, it's it's an, it's an always like a lingering thought. And so, you know, I'd be stressed and a lot of what we do financially depends on like me not losing a job. And Mm -hmm. so like all these pressures and stuff like build up and maybe it's not always, you know, it's not always real and I can recognize that, but like my feelings are and like for real today in this moment, I'm tired for real today in this moment, I'm stressed for real based off of what interaction I just had. It's been a lot. And so that day when you said that, I just... You just hear something you just really needed to hear. Yeah. That was that. And I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate you for seeing me. That was one thing. Okay. Second thing happened today. I told Randy months ago that some of the best, the best way that I think we can move forward so that your business, your production work can be more successful as one of your longtime clients is for you to treat me like a client. Mm-hmm. I did. I was like, we schedule stuff. I'll follow through. I'll follow up. You know, I'll respond to whatever you need me to respond to. Like, we can do it like that. Mm-hmm. And you set up a whole little profile for yes. me in like your little workspace I use thing. use for my actual client. We're not going to say it because they're not paying us. Um, what? They're not. I am I will put it out there. All right, you can could, you could talk about it. What, what you want to do? are you
1: saying? I use ClickUp.
2: All right, ClickUp. You heard that. We mentioned you. Send my wife a check.
1: Oh, I am an affiliate.
2: Excellent. What's the affiliate link?
1: I, it's, on my, it's on my site. Say if it you right to, now well the link is all weird and long but if you go to Mm wordyproductions.com under resources you will see under technology the things that i use
2: shameless plug there we go i like that all right so it's an organizational tool and i feel like i feel important
1: i'm living my best life through this stuff
2: this is something that one is helping you but two is like the purpose of our podcast it originated with something for us to do we talk just to remain close to be in communication with each other, mm-hmm. we also have a long-standing working relationship. Just working together, we're working together since we were teenagers. Yeah, so this is nice. It's nice. I feel like I'm a part of like your workspace. I don't feel like my my job is my only like job, but I also don't feel like this is just a job. You know, like it, it's fun. Like you just you walk me through some of the things and like you nerd it out because that's who you are. I love this. Look app. at this thing you can click on. Like you you let the website open. And, and it I does thought, have AI
1: capabilities. Of course it does. So if you want to use
2: it. Randy clicked on the button to open up this website and I thought that I was going to get to explore. But she immediately slid my laptop towards her and said, <laughs> look, if you click here, this does not And you can check this off like this. She didn't at all let a nigga click on a single thing. And then she opened up this page that we're currently on to outline some of the things that we need to highlight for this episode. I didn't do this. <laughs> you did this. And so and now like, you
1: can play around with it.
2: Of course I can. She's not going to let me. You can. I will. But I really appreciate the forethought that you're putting into things. I appreciate the extra little, I don't know the word for it. Garnish. Yeah. Like the,
1: you know, the cilantro over the pasta,
2: the presentation is starting. It's, it's presenting. Mm-hmm. It's giving,
1: it's giving professional. Exa- I
2: love it. Yeah. I love that for you.
1: Thank you. I love it for me, too. Thanks, it was good Mike. on you. I really appreciate it. it. You know, I've been really stressed about making this um, board for us, um, just for, you know, us, even though I use it with my other clients, but because I was like, oh, I don't want Mike to be going like, to be able to tell about another thing, another thing. He had an email and I was like, I just I just envisioned you giving me a lot of mess for it. Like, babe, I'm tired. I don't want to, you know, what's wrong with Google drive? We've been doing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like nothing. Cause Google drive works and it is definitely integrated into the system. But, but no, you just like did it. You just like signed in. And I was like, okay, Randy, you gotta be a leader. You gotta be afraid not to leave. You lead. did that. And you tell me all the time that you want me to shine and show up. So I was like, okay, Randy, if he was a regular, cl- if BMM was a podcast client that you were not like in, how would you be treating The podcast
2: I appreciate it
1: And that's what I did
2: Oh wait So my PDA was a sprinkle Of a couple of things So I started with The wife I Followed up with um, The boss And then As a woman Feel like I should Shout you out You've been gross In bed as of late And it's been oh. wonderful And I appreciate that too I won't go in super detail We're gonna save that For another episode Because I just discovered but Something like, <laughs> You discovered what? <laughs> share, I just share discovered
1: I just how to bring up more saliva and I am y'all addicted. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, that is what you gotta do.
2: Good times. And I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Your PDA love. What's going on?
1: My PDA. um, Yes, I have it. So speaking of you, okay. <laughs> speaking of letting me be a, a boss, um, your latest Indie, Everybody has been talking about it. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Our sister, my sister, your sister-in-law, your sister, don't even listen to our episodes really <laughs> no more because she's like, it's like reliving it twice. We ties family because we're not even yeah. that, but she's been around for everything. She but knows like, everything. Your indies, our indies, are special because again, like we say, they highlight our individual, like who we are as individuals. Mm-hmm. And your indie did that. Like I even heard your episode and learned. A lot of new yeah, stuff. I
2: realized while I was talking I that was like, you have oh, never, never said, said, these said these things to, to me. Yeah,
1: It was so well done. Thank you for trusting me with the production notes and like us walking through it so that you could give an episode that I didn't have to make you re-record mm-hmm. because you know I'm not above it. And it was just one, like I grew <laughs> Sorry, y'all. It was driving me crazy. It was wonderful because... I felt like I was listening to like, you were just so happy. And it's just, it was a wholesome episode, even in talking about grief and growth. Like I just, it's just what we need. It was like, it was like Abbott elementary, you know, like we just all need something. To, we just all need something. To <laughs> at and we just need something to feel good about because my God, and that's what your episode made me think of. Um, and also another PDA is I will be going to see Beyonce uh, in a few days. Thanks to you and your benefits. Happy birthday and your and your hard work. I'm so happy you asked me to marry you because <laughs> I get all these spousal benefits and things. But also, like it was just it's just really sweet, Mike. And it is the concert of the century. And you know how much I love Beyonce. You know how much I just. I mean, she's been around as long as I've been alive. Um, and it's really special because Brie is also going with me to the concert and you made that happen and i love you and i'm really excited and i'm really grateful and yeah
2: i love you and i, I appreciate it got a highlight here for anyone that's listening if you are unaware for some reason you've been under a rock randy does have a production company and i've watched you work with your clients but also know you like mm-hmm. i have the benefit of knowing you i was very stressed out about doing the episode because i knew what i wanted to talk about but i wasn't really sure how to get there Yeah, and part of my issue with formulating my thoughts is I know I know what I want to say, and but how to say it can be like a struggle. And so that episode almost didn't happen if I didn't feel comfortable enough to even approach you and say no, like I need, I need your hand on this one because like I have thoughts and arranging them, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And you did that. I did. You did, and I really appreciate you for it. So yeah, they're my thoughts, they're my words, they're my everything. But like without being put in that direction, that wouldn't have come out. Yeah,
1: because at first Mikey's notes were looking like. I was like, what is this?
2: It was like a confessional <laughs> like, These are my confession. It was just sharing thoughts that had nothing like, to do with I like, what I was trying to say.
1: Let's erase all of this and start over. And I'm not
2: mad at that. Um, yeah. Because I have, since we've, we've been away for a while, since we've come back, I just have like thoughts as far as what I want to execute and things that I want to do. And because of all of the skills that you developed and because of how you work, I'm excited to put that shit to you. Yeah. Step into it as a client and the next Indie, Every indie moving forward, I think, will be very fun for you to help me with. And I think the people are going to continue to love it. And if you haven't listened or this is your first time listening to an episode and you're hearing this right now, check it out.
1: It's called I Can Fix That. I will also put it in the show notes. I try to make sure I put all the things we mention in our show notes, but we be talking a lot. Um, (laughs) But thank you, Mike. And it takes a lot of vulnerability to receive feedback. And I know it was a very vulnerable like episode, even though it was wholesome and like it was a lot, like it was emotional. Mm-hmm. It, um, because it's been a year since you've done an indie, um, for all the reasons. So yeah, yeah.
2: I know nice. the PDA is long, but like also you know it was your birthday. You should go see Beyonce. Have fun. My birthday. It was a it's a birthday present. I
1: mean, it was a birthday present. Yeah. But this
2: was the only date that <laughs> you could find. So I hope you have fun in Texas. I'm also excited because you're gonna be dressing like the poster I used to have on my wall. Uh, For Beyonce and Crazy in Love Where she was wearing silver And I could have sworn <laughs> That if you keep staring at it You would see a nipple Now this okay, is like no, this is, She made sure that it I was, know But this was like I 11 know. year old Mikey It no. was right next to my little Kim poster Next to my Alicia Keys, Alicia Keys With Keys the, the half curly yes. Half braided hair I had Brooke Valentine And some it cars It was a
1: really great room
2: It was a nigga's room <laughs> it,
1: was a, it was a high school boys room it was At really the great. center
2: of it was that poster. And so y'all about to go all glittered and silvery up. And I like that feed. I'm so excited. I hope you have fun.
1: Thank you. All right, (laughs) y'all. Call to action.
2: The Black Millionaire Marriage Podcast is hosted and co-produced by Mikey and Randy Chapman all episodes of the black millennial marriage podcast are edited by randy chapman at wordy productions
1: we are now and still available on apple spotify stitcher google Podcasts, and all your favorite streaming services rate us five
2: stars five
1: stars and review us y'all because we love to read the reviews and to highlight them on instagram and y'all know we also good about bringing them to the episode
2: the black women marriage podcast fight or flight jingle which you didn't hear in this episode because we ain't fight was created by ebony janae at janae's jingles details in our show notes
1: to hang out with us and support our work as independent creators join us on patreon at patreon.com slash black marriage there you'll get access to our discord channel unedited edited and ad re-episodes zoom meetings with us and more
2: mixtapes is popping yeah game nights is popping go ahead and join the community we had a center.
1: random roseanne live stream the original roseanne before we found out she was crazy crazy i got Uh, some pda
2: for that too for another episode do you yeah
1: follow on social media platforms on instagram we are
2: black millennial marriage
1: on facebook we are
2: black millennial marriage podcast
1: and on twitter we are
2: at underscore the chapmans also it's x now
1: whatever (laughs) thank you again for listening y'all be blessed
2: don't settle fight clean peace When you get, 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 get One, two, three, let me
1: step into the moon